Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, choir, and thank all of you for worshiping this morning. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 16 and also John chapter 13. Matthew 16, both familiar passages. Matthew 16, and then later we'll look at John 13. Matthew 16, and then John 13. Matthew 16. And we'll look at verse 16. Jesus has met with his disciples there on the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked them a question found in verse 13. Whom do men say that I am? And they had different answers. And uh, said some said, verse 14, Thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said, But whom say ye that I am? And we'll pick up reading with verse 16, Matthew chapter 16. And Simon Peter answered, and he said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, and he said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, there are different places, different locations, different buildings that we have to visit in our life. Some are pleasant, some are not so pleasant. I'm not talking about the Smoky Mountains. I'm not talking about uh, Gulf Shores. I'm not talking about Disney World. Those are places that we want to go and visit. But I'm talking about those places that we need to visit just because of the regular course of life. Example, a dentist's office. We need to visit dentist offices. A doctor's office. A grocery store. Walmart. Can't forget Walmart. And we have to visit those places from time to time. We go to these places because we have to and not because we want to. Now, how do we respond to those places? Uh, I want you to help me this morning. I, I want to mention a place, and you give me one word in response to that place. What would you say if I mentioned the word dentist office? Pain. All right. Anyone else? Anxiety, that's a good one. Pain, anxiety, anything else? Relief, <laughs> all right. After a while, praise God, I got some relief. Well, what about a doctor's office? What? Shots. <laughs> what else? What? Sickness. I put weight, you know. <laughs> Not W-A-I-T. But then, W-I-G-H-T, I went the other day because of inner ear. And the lady said, just turn the corner and step on the scales. And I'm thinking, what does that have to do <laughs> with my ears? What's another? Well, what about Walmart? What's a good one there? Anyone? Help. Pain. 
Oh, my goodness, pain. Weight, what? Money. Oh, my goodness. But you know, out of all of those, no one said in the, in the dentist's office, the doctor's office at Walmart, no one said love. No one said love. I wonder what would people say if we put a picture up on the screens of Mountain View Baptist Church. The question would be, do, do we think about the church the same way we think about going to the dentist, going to the doctor, going to Walmart, going to the grocery store? Is Mountain View Baptist Church Is this a place that we feel that we have to go to? Or is there more to it than that? I want you to look at this little video clip for just a moment. I love my church. I love my church. I love my church. I grew up in the church um, as the pastor's kid, and uh, going to church as a child was really about a family affair of getting everybody in the car and getting to church. We were the first ones there and the last ones to leave often. But as a child, going to church was more about taking on the role of being the pastor's kid. And as an adult, going to church has become and continues to increasingly become more about plugging into the church as a member of the body of Christ. This morning I'm going to share some thoughts about a sermon that I've entitled just, I Love My Church. And I want you to think about the people who are not here today. I want you to think about those who, who haven't been here perhaps in a long, 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 long time. And I would imagine that some of them would describe coming to church would be like going to the dentist or going to the doctor or some unpleasant place that they just have to go. How do we feel about coming to church? How do we feel about loving our church? The question is, is that to have that dread, to have that feeling of an unpleasant experience, is that God's intention when He created the church? Was that His ideal when He created the community of people known as the body of Christ, the church? No, of course not. It wasn't then, and nor is it, this, nor is it today. I believe that God wants us to, to love each other. Let's have a prayer before we begin. Father, thank you for an opportunity we have just to focus the time that we have remaining about loving our church. I thank you, Lord, for the church. I thank you, Lord, for the, the local congregations that make up the, the church, the body of Christ in totality, the universal church. I thank you, Lord, for the local congregations around, Lord, who are the lighthouses with the gospel of Christ, wherever they might be. Help us to continue to be what you've called us to be and where you've placed us to be. And then to be a part of this congregation here, Father, as we do what you've 
we feel like you, you lead us to do. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, I want us to first consider this word, the church. Consider the word church. Matthew 16, verse, look at verse 18. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. Now was Peter the rock? No, Peter wasn't the rock. But Peter had a lot to say about Jesus Christ, if you notice in those verses. He made a great confession, and upon that rock, upon that confession, the Lord will build His church. Peter said in his confession, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. And he said to Peter, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now we can look upon the confession as being the rock Jesus is speaking of here. I I seem to believe that's what he was speaking of. Some see it as Jesus as the rock. Jesus is the rock, but here it's not capitalized. I don't believe it's referring to Jesus. I believe it's referring more to Peter's confession. Thou art the Son of God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood's not revealed this to you, but God's revealed it to you. And upon this rock, upon this profession, upon this confession of who I am, I will build my church. So what Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, upon this rock, upon your rock confession, I'll build my church. Now, we will agree that Jesus is the rock rock, capital R, rock. The Bible says Jesus is the sure foundation. The Bible says He's the chief cornerstone. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I go to the rock for my salvation. I go to the rock that the builders rejected. But you see, the church is built on the reality of the sonship of Jesus Christ. And those who accept that truth about Him, make up the church. He is the Son of God. And Jesus said, I'll build my church. Notice that. He didn't say, uh, He said, I'll build my church. It's, It's His church. It's not my church. It's not our church. We must never forget that the church belongs to Jesus. You say, well, Brother Sammy, what about our emphasis? Is it wrong when we say, I love my church? Is it wrong when we say that? Well, we talked about the word church. Let's talk about the use of the word church. The first being the universal church. Matthew 16, verse 18, he uses the word church. He said, upon this rock I will build my church. And then he says in Ephesians 5, 25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He's speaking of a universal church. He's speaking of the, uh, the worldwide church. You see, Jesus died for something much bigger than just a local congregation. He died for a worldwide church of those that put their faith and trust in Him. He died for a larger community of believers than this faith family. 
The point is this, all believers of all time are part of the church. So we have a brotherhood, we have a a sisterhood that, that crosses all barriers of race and of geography and of tradition and and of denominations. It's a universal church. So I'm a member of the universal church, but I'm also a member of the local body of believers, the church. Jesus that way also. So A, the universal church. B, if you're taking notes, the local congregation. You see in the New Testament, the word church is used 93 times to refer to a local congregation. The point is this, that that most of the New Testament passages, the church is depicted as a local assembly of believers. This assembly come together and they meet to worship, they meet to, to minister, they meet to serve in the name of Jesus Christ. Now it never, the word church never refers to a denomination. Now, a denomination is important because denomination defines a a particular group or belief system that focuses on theological interpretations that we have about the Bible. I belong to the universal church, but I belong to a local Baptist congregation. I'm Baptist because it's theological interpretations of God's Word I agree with as a denomination. Therefore, we're okay to emphasize, I love my church. I love Mountain View Baptist Church. I'm speaking of a local congregation whose members meet to worship and minister and grow in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have the word church, you have the use of the word church in the New Testament, the universal church, and then you have a local congregation. But what's the main objective? Well, if you will, look, if you will, to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And then the time we have left, let me share with you verse 14 and 15. Main objective. John 13. Jesus said that... Well, wrong passage. Let me quote it for you. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Verse 35. 34 and 35. And you is in John 13. Look at that again, if you will. Verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. The main objective of our faith family is to love each other. Now the point is, Christ gives a command. A new command I give unto you. What is it? That you love one another. A new type of love, the way that I've loved you. You love one another like I have loved you. It's a command. It's not optional. 
It's not an elective, something we decide whether we'll do it or not. But it's a command. And the reason is that we'll be known as the disciples of Christ by the love that we have for each other. Very important. Now that brings about another question. What does it mean to love one another? I love my church. What does it mean? We're not talking about buildings and places. We're talking about relationships. What does it mean to love one another? Let me see if I can illustrate the relationship. Let's say, for instance, you've eaten perhaps at a certain restaurant and the food was great. And you rate that restaurant. Maybe you went to Ruth Chris. I've never eaten there. I heard it was fantastic. Someone went, rated it, shared it with me, recommended it. Good place to eat. They even said, I loved it. I went to Five Guys. I like that hamburger joint. I love them. I love Five Guys. Yesterday we went to celebrate our grandson's birthday. And we had a great time. And I remember telling Canaan, even on the card, and told him before I left, I love you, Canaan. So what does it mean when we say, I love my church? What does it mean when we say, I love Mountain View Baptist Church? What what does it mean to love one another? You go to the restaurant, you have a place. Five guys, they offered me something, they fed me, I participated in eating, I even paid, you know, I participated in the paying when I left. I'll go to a place, a restaurant, if the experience is good, I can recommend it. I'll give them a good rating. I'll even say, I love five guys. But you see, with my grandson, Canaan, it's different. It's not about a place. It's about a relationship. Canaan and I have this connection. We have this relationship. And my love for Canaan is not based on what I'm receiving. It's not based on what I'm experiencing but it's based on who he is. And if Canaan and I would have a problem or should have a problem, or if any of us would have a problem, we should be able to go and sit down and work that out. And I don't rate my grandson. And I don't rate a brother and sister in Christ. I just love them. And see, the church, the local body, was never meant to be like a restaurant. It's designed to be based on relationships. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Now, it's designed... The church is designed to be built on relationships. And that first relationship is with Jesus, with Jesus Christ. And, and through that relationship, we're connected with each other. Now the question is this, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life? Have you ever made the great confession as Peter? When Jesus said, who do you think that I am? Peter said, have you said, well, you're Christ, you're the, you're the Son of God. Have you made the great confession? Have you established that relationship with Jesus Christ? 
You see, that relationship in Him, if you have established that relationship, means being a part of the church and being a part of the kingdom and being a part of the family of faith and, and worshiping and growing and going and serving in Jesus' name. It's all connected to the relationship with Him. I love my church. Mountain View Baptist Church. It's not the place but it's the people. Do you view Mountain View Baptist Church as a restaurant? Kind of like to go, receive some things, participate in the worship, participate in the paying, and then leave and perhaps recommend it to someone else? Or do you see Mountain View Baptist Church as a relationship where you love each other, where you're there for each other, where you help each other. Let me share something with you. You'll experience love for the church when you intentionally love the church. You will experience love for the church when you intentionally love the church. So you have the word church, you have the word church used in the New Testament. The main objective before anything else, before we do anything else, we have to love each other. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with the local body of believers? One leads to the other. If that relationship with Him is what it should be, then you have a relationship with a local body of believers. If you don't have either today, you can have both. You can trust Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. You can be a part of a local body of believers that will love each other, strive to love each other. And then we'll be able to do things great for the kingdom. Our purpose at Mountain View Baptist Church, I jotted this down, really is fourfold. Love each other, reach out to all people, disciple them, or disciple those we reach, and serve God by serving others. Charles Stanley said this. I found this when I was preparing for this sermon. His book, Handbook for Christian Living. Listen to what he says. I'll close with this. A building, a church building, a building houses the body of believers in corporate worship and attendance and administration. When we fall into the trap of looking at the church as a place... We easily separate ourselves from its mission because we think of the church as a physical place to worship together instead of understanding the church as our identity with a specific purpose. The church leaves in the cars that exit the parking lot after Sunday worship and it carries on its work throughout the week. You love your church. You have a relationship with Jesus. If you do, that leads to the relationship with a local body of believers. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come together and think about the word church. 
how it's used in the New Testament, universal church, local body of believers, and here we are, we find ourselves here since 1921. And so, Father, we pray that we've been about your business. And we pray, Lord, that we'll continue to love each other, to help each other, to work with each other, to serve each other, to serve you, Lord, by reaching out and serving other people. Help us, we pray, Lord, that as the community views us, they can see the love that we have for each other. And they'll know that we're your disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.